Right, time to talk to our US correspondent, as we do every time this week. Uh, let's welcome him, Amy Thello. Good morning, Amy. How are you? Good day, Craig. I'm great. Thank you so much for asking. Happy uh, to be here today. It's likewise, likewise, I'm learning what I'm doing, Amy, as you know. Um, we're trying to work out how to get everything working in this flash new studio. But uh, let's start on the topics that you've sent through. Starbucks, place I love too. It's back in the news, and I hear you're a big fan of the CEO. I am. I've been a fangirl of Howard Schultz uh, for a long time. I actually got to meet him when I was a business school student in California. He came and spoke to my second year finance class, and I was just very impressed. I've read all his books. Um, and as the founder and three-time CEO of Starbucks, um, he's stepping down again. He's been interim for a while, and his uh, successor, Laxman Narasimhan, I'm sure I've butchered that name, is uh, taking the helm a few weeks early. And the rumor mill is that he stepped out early in part because he plans to testify to Congress about Starbucks labor practices. In the last 16 months, workers at 288 out of 9,000 corporate-owned locations voted to unionize, and the company has flat-out fought to squash the effort. Moreover, instead of negotiating with the union as a whole, the company has insisted, insisted on a store-by-store -store approach. Now, there's a lot of detail on the union's demands out there, but not so much on the Starbucks side, presumably because they don't want to show their hand. And what I'm trying to understand is that Schultz founded the company on pretty solid principles of looking after its people when many others um, didn't. He provided benefits like health insurance and education re reimbursement to part-time workers when it was simply unheard of in the marketplace mostly because he saw how those not having those things impacted his dad when he was growing up. And for much of the company's history under his reign, I believe he did, you know, to try his best to stay true to that philosophy. So I'm wondering what is the real story here? Are the stockholders and corporate greed giving, you know, driving the union opposition? Has Schultz persona been a fake all these years, which, I really hope is not the case because I'll just be completely disenfranchised <laughs> and disheartened by the whole shebang. Um, or are the workers pushing for even more than is realistic because their expectations are so high? All I know is that there are always at least two sides to every story, and somewhere in between is usually the reality. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I suppose um, in this day, we're in a stage where, you know, as an employer, challenges are there when you've got, and you imagine the workforce when it comes to Starbucks, that there's going to be something somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Starbucks is a public company. They have a fiduciary responsibility to yep. the shareholders. But, you know, Schultz has historically really been concerned with the workers. So, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Think. Well, I'll, I'll watch this space, and if you get disenfranchised with it, I'll do the same when it comes to buying coffee. Uh, TikTok CEO, he's testified before Congress as Biden wants to ban it. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm not a big social media person because I have enough things that are just total time sucks. <laughs> but I know a lot of people out there are, and this week the buzz was about Show Chu, TikTok CEO, testified before a house, house panel for five hours. And it was a grueling, gloves-off grilling of Chu, who leads the Chinese-owned company with more than 150 million American users. The concern is that TikTok is being used to spy on Americans on behalf of the Chinese government. But Chu literally swore that the data of American users would be stored on domestic servers. 
There might even have been a pinky swear in there, but I'm not sure. I don't have TikTok, as I said, but China already has all of my personal information because I was part of the Office of Personal Personnel Management, OPM as it known, um, hack back in 2015. So sure, all that data is secure on domestic servers, wink, wink. Uh-huh. Ah, exactly. So I don't know. We'll see. Oh, it worries me. You just, I mean, I don't, even I'm not a big social media person, Amy, and I'm not certainly on TikTok either, but all I know is somehow I'm talking to maybe my wife about, you know, dog biscuits and then on Facebook, all of a sudden I'm getting advertisement for dog biscuits. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, they're all listening. They, uh, I work for a cybersecurity company and uh, they did a whole uh, lunch and learn on all those digital parking meters and um, how quickly people can hack into various things. And I'll never look at a parking meter the same oh, way again. It's well, it's good crazy. you tell me that because I got told I needed to download the app and start doing that on the uh, phone. So I'm not going to do it now. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to stay well away. I'll keep my coins. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to keep my coins in my pocket. Um, and of course, we've got March yep. Madness, uh, both women's and men's updates into the final four stages. Explain that. Yeah, so March is flying by, and we are down to the final four, nearly, and I think everyone's brackets are busted, more so on the men's than the women's side. As the women still have two number one seeds battling out for the final four slots, number one seed South Carolina faces number two seed Maryland, along with number one Virginia Tech facing off against number three Ohio State tonight. Last night, number nine Miami fell to number three Louisiana State University, and number four. Five, Louisville went toe-to-toe with number two, Iowa, with the now infamous long shooter, Caitlin Clark. This woman is out of control. She is known for being lethal behind the three-point line. And the other night, she made a shot from four feet, ten inches, sorry, I'm imperial, um, beyond the NBA three-point line, which is 23 feet, nine inches from the top of the arc. Iowa won that game last night, 97-83. As for the men's side, after a lackluster start to their game against Texas on Sunday, Miami came back with a stunning win against Texas with an 88-81 win to put them into their first Final Four, along with Florida Atlantic, Connecticut, and San Diego State, who narrowly notched one in the win column with a free throw in the last 1.2 seconds of the game to send Creighton packing. And I'll tell you, Craig, that the end of the San Diego game was chaotic with some tough calls by the officials. And while there was some shouting by the coaches at the end of the game, trying to get clarity on the calls in the post, both coaches showed grace and class in their comments. And it's a nice change of pace to read more stories of good sportsmanship and behavior. And I think... Our politicians in D.C. should take note. Uh, and many people should take note, Amy. Uh, really appreciate your time this morning. I've learned a couple of things. One is I'm staying off my cell phone for the rest of my days, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go get a Starbucks coffee just yet. Thank you very much, and uh, you enjoy the rest of your day, and I look forward to chatting to you next week. All right. Cheers, mate. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.